Hello guys and welcome to episode 7 of the Beat Your Backlog podcast, a podcast discussing the things gamers like to put off, get to another day, and oh yes, we'll definitely beat later, their backlog. I'm your host Adam, and today I will be diving down the proverbial rabbit hole, or should I say Foxborough, of Andrew Shouldis and Finji's Tunic. The game released on PC, Xbox Game Pass and Mac back in March 2022 and received critical acclaim receiving a Metacritic score of 85 and 86 on PC and Xbox respectively and since then has gone on to get an 86 on PlayStation 5 and an 88 on Nintendo Switch. So it seems like players are enjoying this game mostly there. Review sites such as Destructoid, IGN and GameSpot all give the game a 9 out of 10, lauding the game's design choices and throwbacks to a bygone era of gaming with an instruction manual. Until I started the game, I heard nothing but glowing reviews and recommendations from players on YouTube and social media, so I decided I should finally give the game a go, which was made even easier since the game is still currently on Game Pass over a year or about a year later, and obviously I played the game on Xbox. So you might be asking, what is Tunic? And after a year of being released, does it live up to the review hype of these 9 out of 10s? Another big thing that came up was how does this game compare to other kind of isometric Zelda-like games that have come out in the last couple of years and is it still a good game to play right now on Game Pass because like I said it's still there. So let's find out in this episode of Beat Your Backlog. So as we tend to do with Beat Your Backlog let's start off with the story and yeah Tunic's story starts out like most 2D Zelda-likes so you play as a fox who I assumed is called Tunic because there is no actual he never gets called Tunic or she never gets called Tunic in the game. And yes, very much like Link's Awakening, you wake up on a strange be- beach in a mysterious and stranger world. Um, after a little while of exploring around the area of the beach, your fox character discovers a golden item, which turns out to be a page from a user manual. And the game gives you some brief details about how to interact with the world via this page. So on the first page that you find, I think it's it's kind of like a... There are a few pictures that show you if you press X on the on the Xbox, uh, it swings your weapon, and if you press A, you roll. And yeah, in very much like a Souls like, or I guess like yeah, a two D Zelda Zelda game from from the nineties. The the storytelling is pretty much like here is the world, go out and interact with it and explore it. And the more that you do that, the more that you'll kind of fill out this this story or this plot that is happening in the background. And it's also in that sense of, yeah, here, this is, there isn't really any tutorial. Like the tutorial is delivered to the player through these manual pages that they find. And um, therefore, it's really important that you find these, these manuals because you, you need them to, to learn how to interact with the world, which is really cool. Uh, the, the comparisons to the Souls Likes don't end there, as the story itself is also left up to the player's interpretation until more pages of the manuals are found. However, the basics of the story, at least for me, are that you are this kind of chosen warrior that for some reason has been chosen, we don't know why, um, and you are sent to this this kind of island plateau um, to free a, a kind of fox deity from a crystal prison. And of course, the only way you can do this in very typical Zelda fashion is to clear three dungeons, find three colored keys, and eventually this unlocks the final dungeon where you can then free the deity. And in each of these three dungeons, there is, of course, at the very end of them, when you get the key, a boss that you have to fight. And the bosses uh, are really cool, actually. Like, the dungeons themselves are very, very nicely themed, I would say, that fit in with the game. And there's kind of, like, this cyberpunk, like, techno-y aspect of the game uh, that, that kind of dwindles its way into the story. So 
when you start off, it's this very green, uh, lush environment. But as you go through the game, you get a lot more kind of mechanical and neon pink, and you un unlock these areas that are very, very different to what you experienced at the start. I don't want to, I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but yeah, it's really kind of cool. Like it has a, a very much like a hyper like drifter vibe to to the game for me at least as I was playing through it. And um, yeah, like I said, the more pages you find, the more this kind of plot is filled out because the pages they they tell you about um yeah they tell you about what like why this deity is 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 imprisoned uh who kind of explains a bit about like the world itself because the world itself is 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 desolate like there is no even though it looks very lush there are no real npcs there at least until a little bit later on uh it's very empty you can see the houses but you see that the houses have been derelict for a while of these villagers that used to live there and all that is there now are these kind of like monsters or these 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 enemies that are patrolling around uh in this like i say in this really lush environment and yeah from this kind of quick synopsis you might not think the story is that interesting and to me to be honest it, it wasn't really uh, i was more in it for the the gameplay but yeah like i said the the kind of innovative way that tunic uh, tells a story and, and instructs you about the game with these, these these manual pages is something that really I think is kind of like a driver for me or was the driver for me for this for this game was to to find more of these pages to to kind of fill in the gaps and it also always felt like a bit of like a jigsaw puzzle like you found you were hoping to find certain pages so because you know the pages are usually like um, double sided so it might be in your your manual book you have page I don't know eight and page eleven. And page eight gives you like half the information on one section and you really want pages nine and 10 so that it fills in both sides so you get like the full information uh, and stuff like that. So you were kind of really hoping that you were gonna fill out this book, which was really, really cool. And uh, yeah, like I said, it was really, really like a jigsaw piece. Like once you had the, the one page you needed for a certain area, you might be like, oh cool, now I'm gonna go back to this area because I know how to interact with this item or this part of the, the environment, which was really cool. And yeah, it's been thrown around a lot that these mechanics were invented to make the player feel like they were, were playing like a classic NES game or SNES game that was imported from, from a foreign country, so from Japan. And I think, uh, yeah, it, it absolutely nails this. Because even in the game, there is there is text that you would expect to find in a game like this, so on signposts, or there is some like dialogue bubbles, but it's written in like a, a fantasy language, so, so the actual, the letters don't exist. So you can't read what they're saying, you can only kind of work out maybe what it's maybe what it's saying uh because you see kind of patterns so one example is in the game there is this uh signpost that points to a it's called i think it's called a hero shrine and you kind of recognize that and you know okay I'm, i know what this is because i know what the hero shrine is and i found the page for the hero shrine but you can't actually read any text in the game which is quite cool um and yeah like i said the, the game the information comes solely from the manual and which is also cool as, as how it's presented because there isn't really any text in the manual either. Like everything is presented via illustrations. So like I said, with the the button prompts, it's a picture of the fox uh, swinging a sword and then above it is the button that you have to press or there is a picture of the fox rolling. And like I said, the more pages you fill out, the more you learn about these, these mechanics. So even like the roll, it the first one it just shows you the fox rolling and press B and then on the next page it might it shows you like the fox rolling and like some dust coming up and then you learn eventually that oh, okay when there's dust coming up that's that's kind of your invincibility kind of roll so when there's dust you can't be you can't take any damage but when there is is no dust then you can so that's also something that you kind of learn through these pages and the more you 
put into finding the pages the more you study them the more you learn about the game which is really cool and this goes on to yeah i think this this idea of like you you are kind of feeling like you were back in the olden days where yeah you would be kind of consulting the manual all the time maybe maybe not so much at least when i was growing up it was more to maybe find like lore out about the game or about the characters like i always remember for knights of the old republic 2 looking in the manual to read about each character and 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 stuff like that or about the planets like that was what i was always really into but yeah i think maybe before then it was even more so like this like telling you how to play the game and uh yes it's it's a very certain way of gaming i would say like now you 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 go onto the internet and you search very specifically for solutions to problems that you have in a game whereas this is really like yeah you you could kind of play the game and accidentally stumble across all of these mechanics like all of them it's not like anything is really unlocked in the game other than the game telling you how to do stuff so if you if you accidentally come across a mechanic before you find a page you kind of get this like little bit of like power trip where you're like oh I, f- I figure something out without the game telling me to do it so maybe it means like um yeah i can uh, i can access this stuff that maybe the game you, you're not supposed to at the start and that's also kind of like when we get onto exploration that's kind of like a theme throughout the game that the game is like the more you you experiment and put into it the more you might find out and the more powerful you'll you'll kind of you'll kind of feel which um yeah is a really cool cool idea because usually now games are so handholdy there are so many prompts on the screen of like okay go here and do this and now okay stop the gameplay load up a video of 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 some tutorial a little bit like it was in hi-fi rush and you you feel like the game is just yeah step 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 and i'm playing i'm still playing hogwarts legacy now and even like 20 hours into that there are still like bits where it's like oh now we need to stop and explain something to you and this game really doesn't do that it's just like you you go out you experiment eventually you'll learn what to do because if you explore enough you'll find the pages and the pages will tell you but there are these points where you you accidentally find something to do or find a new move and you're like oh that feels really cool like uh i i didn't know i could do that but now that i can i'm going to use that to like benefit me in this in this in this instance and since we're talking about exploration let's move on to it uh i think after the the manual this is like my my second favorite part of the game uh because the exploration is like like I said the 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 game is like on an isometric uh view so you know it's kind of like above and to the side and uh the game actually like from a graphical standpoint it's very i would say it's kind of simplified like it, if you've ever played gang beast it has this kind of almost like plastiline look where the actual physics of the, the characters feel a little bit off if you know what i mean like they don't feel like realistic they feel more kind of ragdolly but not as 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 crazy as it is in gang beast like there is there is definitely like some actual physics and and like rigging to the movement of of the fox but it still has this 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 look and because it's isometric it's you're seeing it from pretty much one angle all the time and which is which is done really cool especially with the level design is that because you're only seeing it from this one angle the the devs have managed to hide a lot of stuff in like in dark corners or uh, underneath the world where you think where maybe there's a bush in the way and you you kind of go into the bush and realize ah behind the bush is is some ladders down that you couldn't see and then you go down and then you're kind of in the environment you just see the silhouette of the fox through the world and you can walk around and then you you come out into a new area that you might not have seen before or there's a chest there that you can open up and it yeah again it kind of gives you this feeling of like oh maybe i wasn't supposed to find this yet so and a lot of these areas that are kind of 
deviously hidden, um, they they feel like you're not meant to find them because you, you, I don't know. There might be some something like I say something blocking the way, or it might be just in a in a shadow where you might accidentally walk into it and then it leads into a new area and you're like oh cool now i'm in this completely new area with these new enemies these new things to find it kind of gives you again this this feeling of like oh i'm not supposed to be here but now that i'm here maybe that's going to benefit me later on because i'll find an item that i'm maybe not to get supposed to get a little bit later and i think that, i don't think that's actually the case like i think the game is well is really well designed in that sense of like okay you can go all to the, all to these different areas, but eventually the game funnels you back to a, like a critical path, more or less. Um, and yeah, you the critical path, I suppose, you can beat it with the, the the minimum like items that you find. But if you do explore, you do get these extra things that that will definitely help you. It's kind of a little bit of like in Breath of the Wild where you go and fight Ganon and you can, you know, you can go and fight Ganon straight away if you want to, uh, but it's going to be really hard. But if you do all of the the four beasts, the, the fight becomes way easier. And I think that's kind of similar here. Like the, the fight doesn't become way easier, but it, it gives you this sense of, okay, now you have more, literally more weapons in your arsenal to 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 go forward and, and, and fight harder bosses or harder enemies. Um, but the, the, the like flip side of this is, is, the way that then this this teaches you to play the game kind of reminds me of how I imagine like a QA tester would play the game. So you're basically walking your fox into every single bit of geometry that you can in case there is a hidden door or a hidden passageway behind a rock or behind a wall or, you know, yeah, like in Dark Souls, everyone goes around just hitting the walls all the time because in case there's a secret. So it kind of takes a, a little bit away of the, the charm from exploration because... A lot of the exploration, I don't know. Maybe it, it isn't done. Uh, it isn't done naturally. It feels more like you are, yeah, you are testing the environment to see where holes are, and if you find a hole, then that leads to somewhere cool. But it isn't kind of like you you are drawn to something because, uh, again, referencing Breath of the Wild, because you see something cool and you wonder, oh, what is that? So you go over there and investigate, and then you find this completely new area or this new weapon, and then in that new area you see, oh, well, there's something else cool. There isn't really any any leads like that. It's more like, yeah, okay, I went into a new area. I can see there are shadows. I can see there are bushes. I have to go and walk into them and see, like, okay, is something behind it? Or it's, like, again, a very gaming cliche. It's like, oh, I see a waterfall. All right, I have to go to the waterfall to see if something's behind it because that's what games teaches is that if you see a waterfall, there'll be a chest behind it. So, um, yeah, it's done like a... Uh, like I say, it, it takes a little bit of the charm out of it because you you kind of are walking into swings backwards or whatever. And it looks a little bit funny, but um, yeah, like it's otherwise though, like the the exploration is 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 really cool. Like there is like I said, there were some areas where you you kind of accidentally feel like you wandered into them, and you know you shouldn't be there. Like there's one area where there is like this mist all around, and the mist kind of drains your max health, so it drains the max health down to like less than one hit so if you get hit once by any enemy you'll die so you know okay i shouldn't be in this area because there is something that i need to find that, that stops me doing this but um yeah you can't find it but it then gives you like this this risk and reward of like, okay i'm in this new area with these more powerful and powerful enemies if i can somehow like manage to get through it without getting hit then there might be something at the end that is really really uh good for me and the game it always has like this balance of like yeah you might come in to through a back door to a, to an area and it'll give you something for doing that but it doesn't give you everything so eventually you you get to the end and you're like okay there's nowhere else for me to go or you get in, get an item 
and you know, okay, now I can't really go progress. So you go back to where you're supposed to go and the game kind of, again, funnels you down the critical path and then eventually brings you in the right way to the area. So a lot of the times was you would enter a new area and you have like these the kind of like they're like shrines that are most almost like bonfires. So if you, you die, you respawn at the shrine. And there was one area where, yeah, the shrine I was spawning at was was so far away from the, the secret area. But I was so invested in like getting through as far through this area as I could that every time I died, it would take me like literally like five real minutes to get back to where I was. Um, and then later on, I went through the game the, the way it wanted me to go and it brought me into the entrance. And the first thing I did when I got in that area was I found a new shrine. And I thought, like, ah, this makes everything way, way easier. So it's kind of, like I said, it's, it's really up to you as a player if you want to go through the trouble of trying to get through these these difficult areas where you you might not supposed to be but eventually the game is is really well the level design is really good that it will bring you there anyway and it will be a much easier experience but then you you don't get this thrill of feeling like okay i'm i'm somewhere i'm not supposed to be you know which all of us like and and but you you might have um beat a really hard enemy that you you, you shouldn't really have been able to beat yet and uh, yeah, as we're talking about enemies, that kind of leads us onto the combat. So as you can maybe imagine with a, t a kind of 2D Zelda-like game, the combat itself from a high kind of level is quite simple. So you can, you have three buttons where you can equip an item or a weapon. Uh, so for me on X, I had my sword, uh, which I would argue is like the default weapon in the game. There are lots, there are actually quite a few weapons, um, but for melee, I think there's only the sword and the stick. So, so yeah, I use the sword all the time. Um, the sword on X, it has a free hit combo. So yeah, you press it three times and it does a, a free hit combo with the third hit being like the hardest one. Um, on, on Y, I tended to have a ranged weapon and ranged weapons mostly cost uh, MP to cast. So there is like a magic wand uh, that shoots fireballs or there is a, a dagger that, that does like an ice kind of like blast. Uh, and uh, yeah, you can get guns, you can get shotguns. Um, so yeah, there's quite like a, a wide range of, of range weapons and yeah, like I said, they all, they all take mana to cast and then on, uh, B, I would usually have consumables. So again, like any Zelda game, you, you find consumables, uh, in, in this game, there are quite a few, uh, like bot different types of bombs. So there's a fire bomb. Uh, there is like a decoy that you can throw down that draws enemies attention. There is, uh, like a pot you can smash that gives you gold. And then there are some consumables that grant you health, stamina, and mana. And yeah, the whole combat system is is based on that. So you have three bars. You have a health bar, you have a stamina bar, and you have a mana bar. Um, and again, kind of like Dark Souls, you have an, a flask, which gives you a potion. Uh, I think that was an RB. And um, yeah, if you, you, you start off the game with like one or two. I can't remember how many you start off with. But as you explore the game, you, you basically can go to shops and buy flasks that gets added to it. Or you can find like flask shards that when you have three of them, it creates a new flask. And uh, yeah, you, you then every time you go to a shrine, uh, these reset. So you can use them once. But I think by the end of the game, I had like seven or eight uh, potion flasks that I could use. And yeah, once you use them, you can't reuse them again. You have to go to a shrine and reset and then yeah on a you have a dodge roll which i talked about before where it, it rolls and it has some iframes when there's like a little bit of dust that appears that's when you know um you know you can't get hit and then finally on rt you have a shield block 
and LT uh, locks you onto an enemy. So yeah, so it's quite, like I said, it's very Zelda, Zelda-like. Um, I think the shield block also has a kind of parry, but I could never really get the parry to work, so I can't even really remember how it works. Like I, I assumed it was that like if you hit if you hit the RT button at the right time you you parry like you parry the weapon but I think it was something like you had to hold it down for a second I, I can't remember I never used the block uh, I usually usually would just use the dodge roll but that's kind of how I play these kinds of, kind of games anyway I don't ever tend to block really um, but yeah the thoughts on the combat were especially at the, the start of the game you really need to master the free hit combo um, because the enemies I would say. Are, are, the game in general is, is is difficult, and yeah, at the start there are there are definitely difficult enemies that you you face that will kill you. So it was quite important that you learn the free hit combo because it, usually if you manage to get all three enemies, um, uh, sorry, if you manage to get all three hits off on a single enemy, it would kill them. Um, yeah, using the 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 manual also is quite important. So this goes back into the whole kind of uh, loop of exploring. Because at some points, enemies can feel overpowered. Like, the game likes to throw a lot of the same enemy at you at once. And you kind of feel like, okay, how am I supposed to beat these? And again, a bit like Dark Souls or Zelda, you can be like, all right, I can use some consumables to to throw bombs at them. And, you know, if, if three enemies come at you, like in, in the instance I have here, with these, there was like these crocodile enemies. I was like, okay, I can throw a bomb and kill two, but then by then I've usually taken so much damage that I've used all of my, my health. And uh, yeah, you, you always kind of felt like you were on your last life. Like, okay, if, if, one, if, if just one crocodile bites me, then I'm dead. And there was multiple things that I tried where I was like, okay, I'm going to try and funnel them through a door so they have to come at me one at a time. That didn't work. There was one where I was like, okay, I'm going to like jump over a bridge and, and again, try to funnel them at me one at a time. Didn't work. And uh, I was getting really frustrated with these three, like, because they were just normal enemies. They weren't bosses or anything, but they just they just swarmed you and mobbed you. And I was like, okay, how how can I beat them? And then yeah, I was just kind of like, I'm not, I don't know, just looking through the the manual. And then in the manual, it showed you the enemy, and it said like weak from the side. So I was like, okay, what does that mean? Because it was very it's a very cryptic thing to say, right? And then I watched the enemies, and I noticed that once they bite you, they kind of turn to the side. So I realized, all right, I just have to kind of strafe to the side when they bite because that's like their weak point. And then you hit them two or three times and then they die. And once I learned that, I was like, ah, oh, this is okay. I beat these three enemies like on my first go. I knew how to beat that, that type of enemy again throughout the whole area. So yeah, it's really cool again, how these this, this manual and these pages fit into the whole, everything about the game, just telling you how to, how to, how to interact with it. Because, um, yeah, there's also an instance where you you fight the first, I guess you would, it's technically a mini boss, but I think it's probably the second hardest boss in the game. It's like very, very much at the, the very beginning. And I think it's called the Garden Knight. And um, this is a bit like in Elden Ring when you fight, uh, what's he called? Um, the guy, the guy right at the beginning, I can't remember his name. Uh, I think it begins with M. So Magit the Fell Omen. I, uh, I, yeah, I had to Google him. It's a bit like when you fight Magit where you, you, this is like the first test where the game is saying, okay, you need to make sure you're prepared uh, to fight this boss because if you're not, you're, you're just going to get killed. And I mean, some people maybe are, are really skilled at the game with Magit um, and some people might get lucky, but the game is like, yeah, for the, the vast majority of players, if they aren't leveled up enough and if they don't have the right uh, items, then you aren't going to beat them. And this is also done via the, you guessed it, the manual, 
where the manual basically tells you, okay, you need to get your character up to level three health and level three, I think it's uh, attack or strength. And that then, and that's a page that you find quite early on. So then you kind of wonder, okay, how do I, how do I get, how do I upgrade my character? Because that's not really a thing you do in Zelda games, right? And which is really cool is again, if the more you explore and the more pages you find, you find these items that you don't really know what to do with. So it's like, okay, I I found this 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 little fox statue, right? And I can see, okay, it has a section in my inventory, and so it must be important, but I don't know what it what it's for. And then again, you play the game a little bit more and you realize, ah, okay, at the shrines that I just thought you just press A on once to use the bonfire. If I hold down A, I can give an offering. And what you do is these these special items. So there's like a fox statue, there's a flower, there's mushrooms, I think. There's about six different different items that you find. And you give it to you you yeah, you give it to the shrine with some money. And then that upgrades that stat. So then once I learned that, I was like, okay, cool. So I know I shouldn't really go and fight this first boss until I have at least three health and three strength, which meant, all right, well, I'm going to look around the areas that I can get to until I find enough of these items to upgrade myself. So that's what I did. Then I got to the first boss and the first boss is, yeah, he's really, even even if you are leveled up enough, he's very hard. Uh, it took me like four or five attempts to beat him. But it was like a really good fight in this instance. Like he he has very uh, kind of good tells and uh, very good patterns, and you kind of know. Okay, it's like any good like kind of action game or good kind of game with with hard bosses of like. Okay, I know I can roll, but if I roll forward, then it means I I have a couple of seconds where I can hit him before he kind of moves into his next pattern. Just stuff like that way. It's like you you get to min max the fight so that you know exactly how to beat him, which was really cool. And uh, yeah, for, for most of the game, the game was like that, where the game, you have this really nice circle of getting into a new area, exploring, finding pages that gives you more information on the area, which means that you feel kind of, you feel more, you feel a lot safer in the area because you feel like you know what is going, to, what's going to happen and how to beat enemies and, and there, are, there are maps as well. So you know, okay, roughly where you are and what you need to find. And um, yeah, it just creates like a really awesome loop where you just... You just really want to play the game. You just really want to play more. And uh, even if you are getting killed a lot, it's fine because you f- you feel like I know I can I can go on, and I can um, yeah I can I can get more powerful because I can explore and find more items, which uh, yeah which makes you more powerful. Which is a nice segue into kind of my my criticisms of the game because my my biggest criticism of the game is that yeah the game teaches you like okay if you were getting beat you should explore more find more pages find more items and upgrade and become more powerful which is is I a, a loop I really like but what happens in the final third of the game is that the game takes all of those oops just hit my mic the game takes all of those upgrades away from you that makes you feel powerful and makes you feel invested in the game and basically throws you into the the, the, the kind of end section of the, the game against really hard enemies with the most basic uh, stats that you have. So you go from feeling like you are getting really powerful to feeling like, okay, now I am like the, the weakest thing in this entire game, which I honestly, I, I absolutely hated because it went from making me feel yeah like i had a chance in every fight that i went into even if it was a boss fight where i was like okay i know the bosses are hard but i feel like the game has trained me really well to prepare for these kind of things to being like uh, just feeling like it was really cheap now the game is like okay well 
we want to draw out the last third of the game and make it hard for you. So we're going to take away everything that you've you've earned, throw even harder enemies at you and be like, all right, just survive. And uh, yeah, so it wasn't really a uh, an enjoyable like portion of the game at all. Uh, I mean, there was still this this in this this kind of uh, addictive feeling of like, okay, I, I want to get do one more run, get one one more fight against these enemies or against these bosses because I think I can get them. But the the most annoying thing is that yeah, it took it takes your stats away, and I didn't feel like my skill was lacking. I felt like I just needed more mana and more stamina to use like magic weapons or to use more more to be more aggressive against enemies. And this stuff was taken away from from me um, because yeah, the game just decided to do that. So instead of being able to do like you know two hit two free hit combos in a row, now I only had the stamina to do one or two to fire. Instead of being able to fire like fifteen fireballs, I only had the stamina to fire five. And it just yeah, again, it just didn't feel very. It didn't feel like the game really, in like an elegant way, increased the difficulty. It was more in like a very yeah very unsubtle like okay now you are weak again but everyone else is strong uh kind of way brought you kind of down brought you down and and yeah it didn't feel very good and you can you can in this section you can kind of upgrade yourself again by the so the world then is in split into like this the the regular overworld and then there's kind of the spirit world and in the spirit world there is this room where you can see each of the items you need to upgrade yourself and so you can then go go around the overworld and find these hero shrines to to then get the items to upgrade yourself back to where you were before they ripped it all away from you. And then you basically then go and fight the final boss. And this, for me, yeah, it didn't feel very good because a lot of it was just like quick traveling around places that you'd already been and trying to remember where the hero shrines were. So it was a lot of just busy work of being like, all right, I know I was here and yeah, now all of the... The level is kind of like a maze and I know I saw the shrine but I can't remember where it was and stuff like that. So it just takes it just adds adds time on that I don't really feel like was worth it. And then so yeah, so I, I but I still went and, and upgraded, got all of the upgrades again, all of the items, and then went into the final boss and oh my god, this final boss was like yeah, was just crazy. Uh she I would say oh uh, yeah, she's she's extremely hard. And um like I said, I was fully upgraded again, uh, and she just kept kicking my ass. I think the furthest I managed to get uh, was down. I got her down to like the the half of her second phase or her final phase. I can't. Remember. I think she has two phases, but it was definitely the final phase. And then she goes into yeah, kind of like God mode, where it's just cast after cast is just is just attacks that are seemingly undodgeable. And it's really like okay, here is one, and as she casts one, she's in the she's in the kind of build up to cast the next one, and yeah, there's just not a lot you can really do because the game doesn't really give you a chance to heal. And like I said, you, the, for the first couple of runs, you're like, oh yeah, I've got enough consumables, I'll be fine. Like I can throw bombs at her to weaken her, or I can I can use the the consumable health uh, regen things to gain health. But what happens is is that once you die, if you go back in again, you don't have the same amount of consumable so you lose more so eventually you end up with none left so yeah after probably like an hour of, of grinding through the game or grinding through this fight i was like nah i'm not doing this anymore and kind of was complaining about it on twitter and someone on twitter said yeah well there's actually like an invincibility mode you can you can toggle as like an accessibility thing and i was like okay well i just want this game to be over now so i i toggled the invincibility mode beat the final boss 
And even though it was like really nice and satisfying to be like, oh, thank God I don't have to beat this boss again. Doing that kind of really kind of made the, the finishing the game feel a bit hollow for me because it was kind of like, yeah, you know, you've, you've worked your way up and by the end of the game, you're just really annoyed and you just want to finish it. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how this game feels like. There were, it was a really great game, but now going back and thinking about it, yeah, the ending just really kind of puts me off it a little bit. Which is a which is a big shame because this game up until then, I was I was really enjoying it, and that kind of leads on then to you know how does this compare mostly to to Death Star because I think Death Star it also released uh, I think it released a little bit before uh, Tunic, and it was also like a modern take on an isometric Zelda game. Uh, I also played Death Star when it came out on Xbox I think as well yeah, and uh, I think the game's already is still. On Game Pass, or it was on Game Pass for a while, but when I compare the two, yeah, I, I definitely prefer Death Star. I feel like Death Star did the was one was a bit more interesting, like it had a bit more of a unique, uh, a unique setting, and uh, you know, you play this crow who is sent to to hunt the souls of these these really like over the top uh, like enemies, which is really cool. Like it has a lot more character. I think it does that thing of uh, also of the upgrades, like maybe not as as in a innovative way as it is in in tunic but at least the upgrades it continues this upward curve of you feeling powerful like you feeling like you've earned the the power that you've got because you've managed to upgrade your weapons and upgrade yourself which is really cool and yeah and i think the game that game i i, I loved it and the final boss fight there uh, boss fight there was great and yeah i think if i was to if i was to suggest one or the other two to uh, a player who wants a zelda like i would say yeah definitely go with death star even though tunic does do a lot of awesome awesome things like the exploration the manual pages is just so innovative and so when you think about it it's so like why has no one done this before because it's such like a great idea to to put a manual back in a game and i'm not sure if the game actually uh ever i think it has a or it's or a physical edition is releasing but it would be really nice to have the manual as a physical item because yeah the artwork in it is, is also really beautiful like it has a lot of different styles and and uh yeah like i said everything is done via illustration so the way it's communicated is, is really great too but yeah i think at the end of the day if i was to choose one or the other i think i would i would choose death star and maybe i should play death star again actually just to to make sure that I still think that, because yeah, when I played Death Star, it was a couple of years ago when it first came out. But yeah, that was my review of Tunic, and it would be really interesting to see what you guys think, because out of all of the games I've I've podcasted about so far, this one had the most discourse on social media, uh, because I think people also mostly have a similar opinion to me, that they really enjoyed the game, or, or most of the game, but towards the end they got a little bit like, this is this is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, if you've played the game, let me know what you think. Uh, you can do so like always by either answering the question in the, the Spotify description below, or you can tweet me at Switch Indie Fix, and yeah, we can discuss the game there. Otherwise, guys, this has been my review of Tunic. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, please make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you don't already. And if you have been enjoying the podcast so far, or this is your first episode and you and you liked it, it would be really awesome if you could give us a review, a five-star review, either on Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, or Amazon. I think they all have some form of review uh, system there because having a high review score means that the podcast will be suggested to more people that, that listen to similar podcasts, which means more people get to hear it, which is a good thing for the podcast. Um, so yeah, so please subscribe and review. 
And why not share it with your friends too? If you've got a few friends that are into games, then yeah, maybe they'll enjoy me rambling for half an hour too. But otherwise, guys, thanks so much for listening. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye bye.